Hey, Angel fans, Mike Trout is just fine. Mike Sosha actually spoke about the state of the Halos, and he gave us some hope, Johnny, talking about Trout and Otani. Plus, we'll tell you why Ray Montgomery should have been the interim manager over Phil Nevin. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can share the pod with your friends by hitting the share button. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can subscribe to the pod on YouTube and be notified every time a new episode drops. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, you and I are lifelong fans of this team, and so we appreciate everyone who's tuning in or watching because we love talking about our Halos no matter how bad they do. Right? <laughs> no matter how bad, <laughs> even if they lose 4-3 to three in extra inning. Man, last night's game <laughs> was one of those games where you were excited because the offense looked like they were going to come through, but our yeah. pitching, now our pitching wasn't able to actually hold the lead. And here's the exciting thing. Out of all of that, Mike Trout looks fine. He looks fantastic. Yes. Like his, yes. There's no back problems. His career's not over. Right, There's and no so career-threatening back problems. <laughs> Nothing. Not, a chiropractor. He's not ninety-six. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Yes. What a shocker! What yeah. the the story was overblown and blown out of proportion. The media Is that would what you're never do me? that. The media would no, never do that, John. No, I don't not know why. About Trout. Don't 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 blame the media. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Trout hit his 26th home run last night. He did. Gave the Halos the lead at that point in the eighth inning. Johnny, he had all three RBIs in this series for the Halos up until this point. And even yeah. in the 10th, he grounds out to short, and the Rays shortstop throws it to first, and the first baseman can't scoop it. And we end yeah. up taking the lead, and it looked like, hey, right. maybe something's going to go our way. And then the Rays come back, and they tie it. Then Taylor Ward comes back in the 11th and gives us the lead. And then yeah. the Rays come back in the bottom of the inning and they tie it and then they take the lead and we lost. <laughs> so Yeah, Jared Walsh, uh, Jared Walsh had an errant throw home and that is just not like Jared Walsh. No. But it just epitomizes what this season yes. has been. When you have a guy like that who's always typically really solid uh, throwing it away and throwing it wide of Max Stassi at the plate. And so that's how the Rays are able to finish this game. But let's talk about really fast two things about the pitching, Mike. Number one, who the heck is this Mike Myers? Yeah. Like, if you would have told me he would go pitch for pitch with Shane McClanahan in this game, I would have laughed in your face. But he went five innings pitch, two hits, three walks, five Ks on 78 pitches. Yeah. He looked like a stud when normally he'll come out for one or two innings in relief and give up three homers like he's done in the past. Yeah. So this all of a sudden is a different Mike Myers that we saw on the mound in the game on Wednesday. But man, what a surprise. He's a mystery man, and I think that he is kind of the example of how this season has been for us, right? We we can <laughs> Would you say can, he's a he's an international 
man of mystery like Mike Myers. Sorry, we got to have some fun around here. Exactly. We got to entertain ourselves, right? Seriously. I think this this outing by Myers is an example of how this season has been a mystery for us, right? I know that we can point to injuries and we can point to bad decisions and we can point to all sorts of different things. But but truthfully, when we look at this team, we go, what happened? And then Mike Myers pitches really great last night and we're like what happened <laughs> you know <laughs> well he's not somebody that i would want to count on to be in a rotation like permanently but if you have a situation where you know you have a starter who's out in this case it's like michael lorenzen's been out since yeah. july yeah you can rely on a guy like myers to come out of the bullpen and begin a game for you and pitch pretty well and that's something we haven't had in a long time so i think it was a good idea to turn him into somebody who can be some depth Right. And so I think this is a great example of how that went. Now, let me take you to extra innings. And I I ran a poll on Locked on Angels Twitter and I have a question for you. Which pitcher would you want in a situation where you're trying to prevent a ghost runner from scoring? Okay. Would you want pitcher A who has a 40.7% ground ball rate or would you want pitcher B who has a 28.9% strikeout rate. Which pitcher would you take? Man, I think I'm going to go with pitcher with a higher strikeout rate or the 28 okay. strikeout rate because any mm-hmm. ground ball can move that runner over and you're trying to avoid that runner moving at all and getting to third base. So I would take I would take the pitcher with the strikeout rate at 28. So the pitcher with the strikeout rate at 28.9% was Jose Quijada, okay. who had just yeah. thrown eight pitches would you have left him in to try to finish out this game yeah eight pitches doesn't seem like it's a whole lot why are you yanking him why not just let him try to finish it unless you're trying to go for the save but i think you're trying to get yeah. a win here yeah and jaime Berea is the one with the 40.7 percent ground ball uh, okay. rate yeah but unfortunately the way the rays uh tied tied it up in extras was they got two sacrifice flies right. off of jaime Berea. right and so the ground ball rate wasn't even a factor in that in that case so yeah to me it was a toss-up of who you're going to put in there I think I would have gone with a strikeout guy because yeah. you do not want those runners moving over in any kind of situation so I thought that was an interesting poll so the last time I checked it looked like people agreed with the strikeout side so congratulations you won Mike come on down you're the next <laughs> contestant on John is right nice that's what I like to John call. is uh, always right <laughs> that's right hey let's talk about Joe Adele and yes. the kind of game that he had what did you think about his performance he had a great diving catch in left field and I think the key to Joe we've talked about it over and over and over the key to Joe is that if he's not thinking and he's just reacting his athletic <laughs> ability takes don't over think. don't think <laughs> just let your athletic ability take over and and yeah. he's got he's an incredible athlete so let him react and his reaction in that game that diving catch like that was that was incredible, and it's why he should mm-hmm. be in there all the time because I think that you need to teach him. He needs to learn how to just react mm-hmm. and not overthink things, and when he does, what happened in that left field and what happened on that play is the Joe Adele I think that we'll get in the future. Can I just say about Joe Adele too? I mean, the dude's been playing left field. Remember how bad he was in left field, and, and look at how great he's been over the last month or so yep. playing in left. 
not one word, not boo, has been said about how good he's been doing out there. It's all complaints about how he can't hit now and da da da. And I'm just like, what do you want from this kid who's 23 years old? Let him cook. Let him play. Let him be in there every single day. Didn't mean to rhyme. And let the kid (laughs) figure it out. And again, he's looking really good in left field when he was terrible in left field. He looked great in right field earlier this season, but that became Taylor Ward's spot. So for him to improve and be better in left field, like let's give him some credit for that. And we've seen the way that he can mash in the minor leagues. And that's why he's up with this team. He's figuring it out at the plate. And again, he's 23. Yeah. We saw this with Taylor Ward, like flashes of goodness. We saw this with Luisa and Hifo. We're like, oh, he could be somebody special. And then they stunk for a while. Yep. And now Taylor Ward has had the season he's had. Uh, Luis Ranjifo's had the season that he's had. And I think Joe Adele will get there eventually. But you kind of pulled the carpet out from under him and Brandon Marsh at the beginning of the season when you were like, hey, you guys are the everyday outfielders. We got rid of Justin Upton for you. Oh, wait, Taylor Ward's really good. Let's put him in right Right. field. So that kind of threw out the whole plan for this season. So I just think we need to let Joe Adele cook a little bit more and be more patient. We need to stop being spoiled by the fact that Mike Trout came up at 20 years old and tore it up. I know he wasn't good in 2011 when he had a brief showing with us, but when he came up in 2012 and he was a stud, not everyone is Mike Trout. Not everyone is Fernando Tatis Jr. Not everyone is Juan Soto, but they can become on that level of those players. They can be really good, and I think that's what we're going to get out of Joe Adele if we let him cook and sizzle and marinate. Yeah, I love it. Let, hashtag let Joe Adele cook. Hey, speaking of <laughs> speaking of cooking, how about Sandy? He's coming back after his throwing a Maddox. Another example. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's throwing a Maddox, and now he's coming back. He's opposing Drew Rasmussen in the game today, and hopefully the Angels can avoid the sweep, but it would be great to see Sandy double down on his last start and be the pitcher that I think that you really have thought that he could be. That's so strange because when Sandy started coming up, he was about 23 years old, hmm. and in 2020, he wasn't wasn't spectacular, and then 24, he got a little bit better last season, and now 25, he's one of our best pitchers. Oh, weird how that works out, that somebody who's really young and figuring it out eventually does figure it out, like Patrick Sandoval does. <laughs> what a concept. Coming up on Locked on Angels, Mike Sosha. There's a name that we haven't heard Sosha. in a while. He had some hopeful words about the future of the Angels, and we'll ask, is he being too optimistic? But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. When you're hanging out with some friends at night, having a good time, you might have a few drinks as well. Sometimes a few can become a few too many. That's drinks, not friends. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think about calling for a ride, but you decide against it. You think maybe you can make it home okay. But the truth is, everyone knows about the risks of buzz driving and drunk driving. And the results are often tragic and deadly. However, it really doesn't stop too many people from getting behind the wheel when they're under the influence. It's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. And so if you're thinking about driving buzzed or you're thinking about driving drunk, think again, play it safe, plan to get a ride home. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Now, Mike and I want to tell you about 
who could have been the first choice for interim manager. We know you yep. uh, have a first choice of what to listen to, so we're grateful that you're here with us. But let's talk about the Angels and who they chose as the interim manager and who they could have chosen, Michael. Why don't you take it away? Well, we know that Phil Nevin is our manager currently, but Mm -hmm. there's this guy named Ray Montgomery who has never been in the dugout before, and then this year they put him in the dugout, and you and I Mm -hmm. speculated. We talked to our sources. It was really just just us. But we, we, (laughs) we speculated and talked to our sources that I wonder if this move might actually be a move for the future to give Ray some experience, to give Ray mm-hmm. an opportunity to see how a clubhouse actually operates. He got to work with Joe Madden, and now he's working with Phil Nevin. And so the question really is, why did they put Phil in charge and not Ray? And would it have been mm. better to actually put Ray in charge overfills. So, Johnny, let me tell you why I think that Ray should have been put in charge. First reason, mm-hmm. Ray is Perry's guy. And that's okay. obvious. And and it seems like maybe Perry was trying to prepare him to be yeah, he the came, future he guy. He came out of the he came out of the front office and yeah. and joined the dugout and then he actually got to manage a few games this season because yep. Phil Nevin was suspended after the brouhaha with the Mariners. Yep. Uh, so that was interesting to see. But yes, continue. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think reason number two why I think he should have been the guy is because he is rumored to be the next manager. Now, there's not a guarantee that he will, especially with a new owner coming in and all of that, <laughs> not right? Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> but he was rumored to be the next manager, and so why not give him a shot, which brings to reason number three. I, I think Ray could have used the experience, and if you're wanting mm. him to be the guy... In the future, I think giving him an opportunity right now to be the guy to prepare for the future would have been a really wise decision. So that's why I think that it would have been a good move to choose Ray Montgomery over Phil Nevin. But Johnny, give me the the hit back. Clap back at me here and tell me why Phil Nevin was the right guy. Well, when you have a situation like the Angels were put in where they're on this losing streak, they fire their manager you have no idea how the rest of the season is going to go. And probably it's not going to be very good for the Halos, especially when you get rid of the guy who's leading your team, like Joe Madden. So I don't think they wanted to throw Ray to the fire. I think they didn't want this team to struggle with Ray Montgomery in charge because mm. it would have looked bad if this was the move that they were going to make in the offseason. Now, you mentioned it again with ownership changing and everything happening. Uh, that might not be very likely anymore, but it all depends on how fast the sale of this team goes and who comes in and wants to make the decisions. And so I don't think Perry would want to throw his guy to the wolves and have an abysmal season like we're having and then go, well, we can't pick Ray because of the look of what happened, yep. even though it might not have been his fault entirely. The other thing is, I think it would have been bad to pass on Phil Nevin. He has minor league experience. Um, He's been around the Yankees. He was with them last season, doing what he was doing with us as a third base coach. And the guy is a bit hard-nosed. And I think to go from Joe Madden, who is a great leader, but he's also, he's kind of the Michael Scott where he wants everyone to be his friend and like him. (laughs) Yeah. If that makes sense, yep. I think Phil Nevin was a little bit more hard nosed, and it would have been interest. They were interested to see how a firmer leadership would be, and you can kind of expect that from Phil Nevin. You and I have said it many times when Joe was our manager how the lack of fire or getting tossed or defending his guys 
against the umpire. Like, he would come out and have conversations with the umps and show frustration. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to get tossed. We, sometimes you right. got to say, this is crap. You're doing a crappy job. Yeah. That wasn't a ball or that wasn't a strike. And so, and, and, and Nevin's done that. Yeah. And um, even though Nevin has not been successful with his team, I mean, gosh, the hitting has just been abysmal. Right. But I, I don't disagree with a lot of how Phil has managed this team compared to Joe Madden. In fact, I would even say he's undermanaged. Somebody uh, tweeted at us and said that Joe Madden overmanaged while uh, Phil Nevin has been undermanaging. Mm. And I thought that that was a great Interesting point. thought. I, I yeah. want to find who that was. It was, uh, oh, Stefan Muma on Twitter huh. said that Joe overmanaged while Phil undermanages. Can we just get Captain Obvious as our 2023 manager? <laughs> <laughs> Pulling a Muma the last right there. Thing, I like that. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the last thing is they wanted to see what kind of leader Phil could be because yeah. you know Phil Nevin wants to be a big league manager. And for me, this was his stage debut. This was his mm. chance to show other teams that he could be a big league manager. And he might still very well get that opportunity because I don't think he's going to stick around in Anaheim. But I also don't think that the uh, that that the Angels want to go that direction. So I think as an interim, I think he was the best choice. And it made the most sense because he had the experience. But again, going back to Ray Montgomery, I don't think Perry wanted to throw him to the Wolves sure. at all. Sure. Well, give us your thoughts. You can tweet at us or you can send us a message or comment below on YouTube. Let us know. Do you think that it was a wise move to go with Phil? Or do you think it would have been a better move to go with Ray? Or maybe there's a third option and we should have just fast forwarded mm-hmm. the season and, and started 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of managers, Mike, uh, Mike Sosha. Yeah. Good old Sosh. I remember him. Was interviewed by uh, CBS LA reporter Jim Hill. Ooh, Jim Hill. What a legend. Legend. Yes. <laughs> he is the epitome of a legend in LA, man. This guy's been around That's right. forever. He told Jim Hill that he believes Mike Trout and Shohei Otani will be angels for life. Can hmm. you believe that? That was exciting Sosha to hear. Said that. Yeah. Uh, he said, why? Because they love it here. Anaheim fits their personalities, yeah, and they want to win. And then I, I liked what he had to say. He said, "You know, that World Series flag is looking awful lonely up yes. there. I think these guys <laughs> really have a desire to bring another flag to Anaheim and say, hey, we did that. We are the ones who got this team to the World Series.' Yeah. And if I was in, I mean, Mike Trout's locked up. I get that. Right. And, and Shohei Otani too. I know he wants to win. That's a big desire of his as well. But if I were in their shoes. I'd want to bring a, a World Series championship to this team. Oh, and for sure. Be the one who did that. Like you mentioned a few weeks ago, we've all played ball in the backyard where we hit the game-winning home run to win the World Series, right? Yep. And I think that that is still something that every ball player wants when it comes to winning for a team, even if they're they haven't been good and they've yeah. been struggling and there's inner office issues and things. Gosh, like that. can you imagine what it would be like for them to lead us to a World Series victory after the last ten years? I mean, this, oh, they'd be heroes forever. Yeah. They, we already love them, right? Because we yes. just we just love them as players. We love them as people. They're awesome. But then if they win a World Series, gosh, we would be like 
we wouldn't need to win for another 10, 20 years because we would be just so satisfied. <laughs> right? We would be so excited, especially after what we've suffered and now with the, the ownership change and a lot of different GMs and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like It would be a huge victory. And I find it interesting that that's what So had to say. The other really good point I think he, met, or he made was that Anaheim fits their personalities. And when mm-hmm. you talk to Mike Trout, like when they talked about uh, already selling the team trout had his mm-hmm. typical like oh it's tough it's tough you know like yeah. that's that's his go-to phrase and and he's not somebody that's always going to be in front of the media he's not going to say anything controversial and he's probably not going to say anything that's going to be inspiring and fire you up remember years ago mm-hmm. long long time ago the Florida Gators had Tim Tebow as their quarterback and mm-hmm. uh, they lost the game he got in front of the podium and he said we played horrible and I promise from this day this day forward we're going to play our best and we're going to go out and we're going to win and everybody was like whoa that guy is fired up and then they ended up winning the national championship Mike Mike Trout's not that Mike Trout will never be mm. that, right? And I don't yeah. think Otani will ever be that. His English is is much improved, but I still think even if he was speaking perfect English and decided to do all sorts of interviews, I don't He's think quiet. that he would stand in front of people and do that, right? He's just a humble He's, guy, yeah. and I He's, think that yeah. that fits Anaheim. It's not a that's not an LA perspective, and, and quite honestly, I don't think it fits in New York. I don't even think it fits in like like a Seattle. I think that it doesn't mm. fit in a Seattle as well because he's going to have to be in the shadow of Ichiro. I think both of these guys want to set the tone for their careers in Anaheim. And listen, you and I have been accused of being too optimistic. And, and the reality <laughs> is, is that with this team, you have to be, which I think brings up a really great question, John. Do you think that Sosha is being a little optimistic here? Is this wishful thinking? Or do you think that he actually is on to something? Well, he knows Mike Trout better than anyone on this team because he spent the most time with him. So I think that when Sosha speaks about Trout, I'm sure they talk all the time. I would if I was Mike Trout and, and just get some advice and things like that. But Sosha spent 20 years almost with this team. And he spent most of that time with Artie Marino. So he knows the challenges. He knows the ins and outs. He knows the things that are good and not good with this organization. And when he left, it was at the end of his contract. And I think everybody was kind of ready to move on and and see what newness could come to the Angels. And the fact is, is he had success and he knows what he's talking about. And so when he speaks to these kinds of things, I really take his word at what it is, his word, because I feel like he knows this organization well, he knows Trout really well, and he got to spend some time with Otani additionally. Yeah. So uh, all of that to say, uh, gosh, it was it was a, a whole season with Otani. He was the first one to yep. manage him. Yep. That's right, 2018. So all of that to say, I am confident in Mike Sosha's perspective here. I like what he had to say. It gives me hope for this team, especially with new ownership coming in because anybody who's anybody could have said, oh, it's a disaster. Sure. The angels know they're a disaster. The sure. organization's a disaster. The new ownership situation is going to be a disaster. But he didn't say that. And and he didn't get the thing that's going to get clicked. I feel like he was being very honest. Yeah. And I think you make really great points, which brings up the second question. Do you think it would be a wise decision in all of this change and all of this chaos and all of this uncertainty <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Do you think it would be a wise decision to, at least maybe for next year, bring back Mike Sosha? And here's my argument. Wow. Dusty Baker was brought in 
to manage the Astros after the cheating scandal, which they mm-hmm. didn't get any consequences or punishment. Um, but he <laughs> was brought in, right? And they had a tough season. They finished under 500. They didn't make it to the playoffs. But Dusty Baker was a calming force in that Astros locker room, and he defended mm-hmm. those guys fought for those guys remember you and I on the Super Halos pod last year we had a conversation about how he said I think that the fans need to be over booing them I think that the fans need to get past that right and I mean what a great manager what a great leader and that that's probably what we would all say if we were leading that team Mm -hmm. and I wonder if the Dusty Baker effect on the Astros could be similar to a Mike Sosha effect on the Angels and maybe rally this team. You bring him in for one year and then yeah. you allow him to kind of massage this team during the search for a new owner and is mm. this Shohei's last season? And I think Shohei comes back and is excited if Mike Sosha's there. I think Trout comes back and is excited if Mike Sosha's there. And I think this team plays up to the Mike Sosha standard. There's something about Mike mm. He stirs the pot, he throws in a little salt, a little vinegar, a little onion, you know, and, and starts stirring it up. Like, <laughs> I think that maybe Mike might be onto something if he's brought in as the manager. I think there could be something to that. What do you think? I really like that idea because I look at how the season started out and I look at somebody like Jared Walsh or Max Stassi. Yeah. This team is completely and utterly demoralized, Yes, Mike. Yeah. You went from riding high at the beginning of the season to going through that losing streak. I think they could have recovered from that streak, but then they lose their manager. Then Mike Trout gets hurt, and Anthony Rendon's hurt. And so you have these key players out of the lineup. Then you know that you're getting ready to trade away Cindergaard and, and trade, trade away Brandon Marsh. Everybody's on the chopping block in terms of trades. They have been so demoralized, yeah. and I think the awful fielding and the awful uh, hitting on the field has everything to do with their mental state yeah. and being totally demoralized. I think Sosha could help the guys get through this. My only caveat, I would be concerned about the relationship with Perry Manassian because Perry seems very forward-thinking, yep. and Mike seems very old-school. It's sure. why him and Jerry Depoto got into uh, butting heads back in 2014, 2015. And so I think that I would be concerned about that. Yeah. However, if Mike came back and Perry Manassian hired him with the understanding of, hey, get us through this year. Yeah. Get us through. Because Mike, Mike's done managing. He's really done. Like, yeah. He says that he's, he's done doing this full time. But a one-year deal to help this team get through and give some of your social magic to this team, I think is really, really smart. So maybe we maybe we're onto something. Mm. Huh? I huh? I think we're really onto something. And I would love I would love to see the Angels bring him back. And are you telling me that you're you're bringing Sosha back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm bringing him back. I want to see him standing in his spot. I want to see him leaning over and I want to I, that's what it is. Him him sitting there leaning with you with you singing, "I'm bringing Sosha back." And him doing this? Yes. It's the squint. <laughs> 
the social yeah. squint. Bring it all back. Yes. Bring it all back. I love it. Love it. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now, make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast. With our friend Soli, I would love to see what Soli would think about bringing Sosha back. I think he'd have a really great opinion, and it would be loud, and it would be boisterous, and it would be humorous and passionate and unique <laughs> because that's who he is. He shares some of the biggest stories from around Major League Baseball, and you can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Mike and I are here for you Monday through Friday, every single weekday to talk about your favorite team and ours. And if you want to keep up with us, head over to Twitter and find us at Locked on Angels and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? We're going to talk about the Angels best team this year, the Trash Pandas. We joked about yesterday this being locked on Trash Pandas. So we're going to give you some updates about some of the great players that are in the minor leagues. And some of those players are playing really well. So we'll share some stats. We'll share some details. Yes, and we'll talk about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. <laughs>